Sure. I'll talk it out. Yeah. Let's just have a conversation. Track three. <clears throat> Better not be fucking Dave Matthews band. Okay. Those of you who don't want to be a part of this can leave now. Derek, please listen to me. But if you choose to stay, which it seems like you guys are choosing. Derek, please. You understand and agree to the following terms and conditions. Derek! One. Derek, this is the virus. You talking. hereby waive your right Derek, please. to your own personal bodily integrity. This is not you. Two. Per the state versus Neville Reed. My colleague and I will not be held criminally liable for any felony or misdemeanor that you may be a victim of, including, but not limited to, aggravated assault, aggravated battery, disorderly conduct, destruction of property, mayhem, and first-degree murder. And three, terms and conditions may change or be updated whenever the fuck I want! Consider yourselves notified. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. Rocket. What rocket? I was just in my office and I heard a rocket. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? You guys, you must have a little Not me. I'm in my prime. We were cats. Sometimes, yeah. DJ Nubis. And DJ Neko. Here with you on the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast, The Hordes of Chaos, episode 179. A lot of great music coming your way today. A lot of great stuff from uh, some of the labels and promotional sites that we work with, like Against PR, Quabar PR, Metal Devastation Radio, The Metalist PR. We also have a request by Kevin Tarrant, a good follower and fan of ours so we'll be getting that in the rock block which 
We down. I didn't pick a Neko pick of the week this week because I, I actually filled it in with a track that I recently got in the last couple of days uh, from a friend of ours. So we'll be just uh, debuting that instead because it's an interesting change of direction for this particular artist. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and we didn't have no retro pick because Neko and I were on vacation in Arkansas, if you want to call it that. But it, we kind of look back now we're like... Yeah, it was nice and relaxing. We just got to chill with the family. And... Yeah, normally, like, um, when we go on, we, we go on vacation with my family, and it's like, there's a whole plan. It's like, we get up, there's breakfast, there's brunch, there's weddings to go to. Uh, we're go, 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 go. And this was like, we didn't really have any plan. We just got up, had some coffee. Chatted, just hung just out, relaxed. Just, um, we had like a nice family dinner one day, two days in a row actually. Like we just had dinner with your parents, and then the other day we had dinner with your parents and your aunt and uncle. Um, we had a Mexican meal, which we all love. Mm -hmm. Got to check out like where his parents live, and the like. It's it's a very um, it's a small town, but when they were describing it when they moved there, we're thinking it's like in the middle. There's nothing there, but they they have first thing in deliverance or something. Yeah, shit. they they have it's about six thousand people that live in the town. They have a hardware store, a Walmart, a theater, McDonald's, McDonald's, Donuts. Wendy's. Uh, not Dunkin' Donuts, Baskin Robbins, and they have a ton of like um, little restaurants and churches beauties like it's it's an actual town <laughs> yeah i mean they've got a few things there obviously if they want certain things uh they have to go about 80 miles to fort smith to get it but uh they don't have to make that trip that often so uh it's kind of nice they've got little things there that you know you can enjoy uh yeah we really enjoyed the time just chilling and relaxing it wasn't like constantly pulling at us to go do this or that within a certain time frame it felt like kind of like sometimes with your parents it's like our wedding how it was just so fast paced yeah we it's like we we get there. oh you want to eat dinner no we gotta go take pictures we gotta do something else so like when we went we went away with my pretty much my entire mom's side of the family um for a wedding and it was like okay we got there friday afternoon and as soon as we check in it's like go 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 have to go have dinner you had dinner with my dad my mom and i went to another dinner thing and then we're you know doing this and then the wedding's the next day and then but we can't just go to the wedding we have to get up have breakfast do the wedding thing you know with the family and then there's like the i stayed like all night like with the wedding after party and everything and the next morning we're like we're out of here like we had breakfast uh at the hotel with the family but Everybody else had plans. They had, like, lunch plans and stuff. And this was a three-day weekend. Like, not even a full three days. It was a half-a-day Friday, full-day Saturday, half-a-day Sunday. And we did not have a chance to, like, sneeze. <laughs> when we went away for um, Thanksgiving, same thing. Mm -hmm. It was, like, breakfast, dinner, dinner, this. Okay, we're going here. Oh, we're going... And, and Yeah, your dad wanted to try to do it again. You and I were just like, ah, oh, we're not going to make that. Well, I probably won't be in town, so I was not, like... Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was not trying to, because they were making the reservations, and um, I didn't want to be like, yeah, put me down, and then you would ha you would be stuck going by yourself without me, and that would just be a little too much for you. Yeah, but it was a good time, and uh, except for the drive. We drove 18 hours, and it actually took us 20 hours to get bags of rent and some rain and shit, but other than that, it was fine. Uh... Like I said, a lot of good music coming today. We're going to talk a little bit about politics, although, again, it's not going to be really 
Neck or I talking about our particular type of politics, but it's regarding Trump and the raid and uh, how it reflects on American society and what it means going forward if uh, all the charges are true. Uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about a couple of uh, deaths in Olivia Newton John and Ann Hesch, uh, actress uh, who recently passed uh, today actually um, after being in a car accident. So, but then we're also going to talk about the movie Prey, which. Uh, if you've not seen it by now, don't listen. You can skip over it, but we're going to have a lot to say on it. Um, I'll also talk a little bit about uh, Fat Samurai Guy and Lady Fatblood and their point of views. Well, on you were watching that earlier today. Yeah, they raised some issues that I agreed with. Like, Even though you and I came out of the movie in our own particular review, we'll talk more about that when we get to it. But uh, yeah, they were kind of along the same lines as we were, only they were kind of going further down the rabbit hole with their <laughs> review. But, I know, right? But uh, that's what I love about them. So let's get into our first block of music. Uh, brand new stuff from Swim or Drown by Quabar PR. Uh, new stuff from Remains. And here's new Antigama, who their new record, Whiteout, is awesome. So here's Holy Hand kicking it all off. For the soul of the blood Cast me out of pain 
DJ Anubis here, and I want to say if you dig all things Godzilla and KG related, then check out the YouTube channel of the Sci-Fi Century. He has great reviews, opinions, and theories in the world of sci-fi horror, anime, and of course everyone's favorite atomic breathing lizard, Godzilla. Century provides great commentary when both having a special guest on his shows as well as the collaborations with the big teddy bear, that fat samurai guy. So if you want to keep it raw, real, tune into the Sci-Fi Century. That's S-C-I-F-I-S-E-N-T-R-Y. Sci-Fi Century. Tune in to get the best in science fiction and Godzilla-related information. Peace. Talk about prey. Eat, pray, love. <laughs> Might as well have been, right? Uh, so, yes, Neko and I are fans of the Predator series. Uh, the creature itself, going back to the first two movies with Schwarzenegger and Danny Glover. And uh, I don't know, did you ever see Predators or the Predator, the latest, last two Predator films? I don't, if I did, I didn't pay attention or it didn't. It didn't interest you. Yeah. You didn't miss much. Uh, <laughs> but obviously we're kind of like every other fan of the series and the franchise when it comes to like if they're going to release something prey, uh, Predator related we'd probably check it out um, I'm not going to worry about including the Alien vs. Predator films because it's really not relevant to the Predator series by itself so mm -hmm. uh, we won't even bother talking about those two films um but, you know, we saw the trailer for Prey, and it looked pretty good. You know, we I, there's a lot about this film that reminds me a lot of the books that I have regarding uh, humans' interaction with the Predator. Um, this one, obviously, is a little bit different, but there's a... Uh, towards the end, I know this is the only reference I'll make to Aliens vs. Predator, the first film, is at the end of that film... There's a moment with the female heroine uh, teaming up with the Predator and that to try to kill off the, the aliens. Mm -hmm. um, that's very reminiscent of the books that I have. Um, but the, the time period and everything that we see with Prey is very cool. Like the atmosphere, the scenery, uh, the way it's shot is very good. The film itself, I believe, stars... Uh, Amber Mid-Thunder is Naru. Uh, Dakota Beavers is Tabi. He plays the brother of hers. Um, Dane DeLigo plays the Predator himself. Uh, there's really It's all basically Native American and French actors. I think maybe French is the, 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 you know, the Canadians, the Canadian right? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if they're actually French or not, but I'm just going off. like They're trying to keep it as close as possible to the actual... Uh, culture and races of the people involved in the film so they were making it uh, specific to that for this film which is good you know it's fine um, so basically what we have is this is a prequel to the 1987 film with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger where we kind of first see the Predator arrive on Earth uh, via the spaceship and you know it's uh, what 1715 19 1719 somewhere in there is a time period. Yes. And uh, so, obviously, 
you know, as far as human tech, we're not quite there yet, even though the Canadians do have rifles, but you have to do the old gunpowder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's, not like, it's not like the Gatlin gun that uh, we had in the, the first Predator film. Uh, so as far as uh, weaponry, we're very basic as humans, but the Predator still has, like, even though they're kind of stripped down a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, it's still way better tech than what we have. So... What we notice is the predator comes down to Earth, and it's it's basically kind of like uh, I, I don't know if I want to say it's their first visit. I'm assuming it is. Uh, so the predator is actually just starting off by. Oh. I think it, I think it was. I don't think it was their first visit because when we were looking at those alien versus predator films, they find those caves mm -hmm. in the in in Antarctica where the they were they would release the aliens and hunt them i'm thinking that this is the first time that the predator has realized that there's actual life on earth because you know in antarctica there's really not a whole lot and since they were going there having their little thunderdome i think maybe they started like detecting action and the whole idea is the predator is trying to hunt the biggest predator right but i don't know like see the problem with the alien versus predator film is that it we don't know if it's in the same universe like it's really weird because even from the first alien versus predator to the second one, i know i didn't want to talk about them but both those first two alien predator movies are kind of different from each other anyway except for the ending of course um so i don't know if it's actually taking place like at the same time everything else is taking place on earth uh, for the sake of argument, we'll just say it's not. And so I think, judging by the way this predator reacts, like it's it comes down. The first thing it's doing is watching the the, the creatures around, like the animals. So like, we see uh, an ant that's eaten by a rat, but then the rat's eaten by a snake or attempted to, and the snake kind of senses the predator who's cloaked. Mm -hmm. and, the, and of course, the predator kills it, strips it of its skin, uh, claiming the victory or whatever. And that's kind of the way it goes for a while for the predator as he's going around hunting different creatures, observing, like, who's the predators, who's the prey. Uh, meanwhile, we have uh, Naru, who's, you know, a female Native American Comanche who is basically the way that their culture is. The women go out and gather uh, food and, you know healing herbs and stuff like that while the men go out and hunt and but naru is like kind of pushing back on this this is sort of the I, I hate saying it, but it's the wokeness part of the film is where we're constantly being reminded that naru is kind of being pushed away from being a hunter by both her mother and the brother and as well as the uh the males in the clan itself so I would say, though, that Tabe, the brother, is a bit more supportive in this. You know, he tries to be supportive as possible with her. Uh, but he also understands that she's not quite where she needs to be mentally to be a hunter. So, because we see a couple moments where Naru has a chance to kill, like, a, a, a mountain lion. And, and she, she can't hesitates do it. Yeah, she hesitates lot. and pretty much knocks herself after falling out of the tree. Uh, but she has a lot of desire to push against the the narrative that she needs to be just a gatherer or a healer. She can do those things, but she wants to be a hunter. And she's actually very good at tracking, which her brother recognizes. Um, 
So, yeah, so the first thing that pops up is we one of the clan is missing. There's a guy who's out there probably hunting, and they can't find him. So now we got to go search for him. So Tabe and the rest of the younger uh, hunters uh, are, are gathering with Naru, and she's a good tracker. So they use her to find him, which then leads to the cougar or the mountain lion event. But along the way Nauru has noticed that there's like the skin snake and things that don't look normal footprints in the uh the ground that don't match like bears or anything like that they're pretty large and she's like there's something else out there right and she'd already seen like the sky light up but she attributed that to some sort of like mythos about uh firebirds and stuff like that so she thought it was like a sign for her which indirectly judging by the plot could be a sign for her in terms of you know, that would be ultimately her her goal in fighting this thing. Um, so eventually, yeah, uh, she keeps trying to let everyone know that there's just something else out there uh, that isn't quite the same as everything else, but no one wants to believe her, including her brother. And eventually what ends up happening is they, they're trying to take her back because she's gone out on her own at one point to go hunt this thing. Like, no one wants to give her the time of day, so she says she's going to go do it herself. She has a nice little dingo dog that runs around it's with her. It's really cute. It loves her. Um, now, there were complaints about the CGI with the creatures in this. I don't have as big a problem with the CGI because I, I look at the, the one instance with the coyote and the rabbit when it's chasing. Like, it's CGI, but it looks good to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know... Even when the coyote's fighting the predator at first, you know, again, it looks real enough. I don't have any real problems with that. I think you can only do so much with CGI anyway, and practical effects here really wouldn't work. Yeah, especially when it comes to, like, you know, disemboweling right. animals. Right, because we talked about this with the King of the Monsters, how the, the, the monsters themselves look more fluent in their movements. Uh problem with practical effects sometimes is you don't get that fluent uh movement and it looks kind of corny so you know whether or not they can combine the two i know they can it sometimes but i, I just don't know if it would have worked here uh so i don't really have a bigger problem with that as some other people do um but as they go to try to retrieve naru from you know running out on her own they and at this point her brother isn't with her uh, with these guys so they're trying to bring her back and it gets a little bit rough with her because they try to tie her up because he's she's being hard-headed not wanting to come back and that's when uh the predator shows up and starts like laying ways to the rest of these hunters that she's with <laughs> and really for the fight scenes again i don't have too much of a issue with them uh, i just feel like everything was a little underwhelming right well and one of the things that was brought up with samurai and fat blood was uh, this, for whatever reason, this, this particular predator, either, again, we can chop, uh, ch chalk it up to early technology or whatever for this predator, but he was either cloaked or half-cloaked, he was, or in, he, he never really stayed in one form while fighting, it was really weird. Um, it wasn't like there was any water to disrupt it, like when we saw... There uh, was some water in there, though, but, no, no, but no, when I'm, he would be half-cloaked and all, it would just happen. Right, or that's like what I mean. When he was fighting with, uh, I think it was the bear or whatever, you could kind of see like him coming out of his cloak right. and then kind of being still in it, yeah. But that's what I mean, but like in the 87 Predator, like the only time he used his cloaking kind of fails when he's in the water. This one, as you just said, he could be standing in the middle of the forest and it was still kind of like not totally cloaking him so it was really weird 
Um, so yeah, so it lays waste to the rest of these guys, and <laughs> pretty brutally in some cases. Uh, and this is another thing about this complaint for me on this was the Predator with the spaceship and it's you know it had its laser vision, uh, laser guidance system. But it didn't have the phaser blast like you see in the rest of the series. Yeah, maybe it just wasn't done yet. Yeah, you know, I, and I, I want to kind of chalk it up, but when you have all this other technology that's very good, like flying, I would think you would have that. So, now there is the other argument that I've seen that because predators can be their own kind of hunters, mm -hmm. uh, they may all come with their own different types of weaponry. Like, it just sometimes that's what they might have differently than the other ones. So maybe this is a guy that's a little more primitive. Um, and so he'd rather use, like, these, I guess, what would you call them? They're not, they're kind of, I guess they're kind of like arrows. And so his guidance system would direct the arrow to wherever he wanted to go. And it was, yeah, it was kind of like it triangulated almost. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a little confusing with that just because you got all this other great tech, you know, the blades and... Uh, he has, like, the net. One of the coolest scenes was when he shot the net at a guy, and it went not only through the guy, but through the fucking log that it was attaching to. It was almost like that thing you see uh, assassins use on people's necks where it's like a machine and it, like, locks up. Uh, so it was kind of cool because it chewed right through the log and just took the guy and split him apart. You didn't get to see that part, though. They didn't show it. They got cowardly with that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um... But, yeah, so, okay, eventually they're, she's running away from the Predator now uh, after this happens, and it's kind of chasing her, and it's chasing another guy, another hunter that was with her in the, the field. Uh, you kind of see that in the trailer if you ever watch it. It's at that point where it throws the laser uh, guidance on the guy's head, and she moves him away, etc. But as as the thing goes on she teams up uh well she ends up getting caught by the canadians is the fur traders who were out there and mm -hmm. they're skinning buffaloes and everything else and uh so they're also aware of this creature out there the predator like they they know that it's out there so they're trying to get info from her now fat blood lady fat blood made a very good point in their review about and i didn't really pay attention at the time but you can watch this film in two versions. It's English dub as well as Comanche. You can watch it in the original Comanche language. Some people say that's better with the the subtitles, but you know, you and I are a little bit lazy in that department. We don't mm -hmm. really want to read if we don't have to. Um, but when you're watching it in English, the Canadians, when they've got her trapped in their little cage, uh, they're speaking in French, but there's no subtitles for it. So you have no fucking clue what they're saying. Maybe we had to turn subtitles on. I don't know. I don't know, because then it would do it for all of it. Um, I mean, it would probably do it for them, but you shouldn't have to do it if it's already in English. That's it's true. Um, but what they did was they had another French person come, and he had multi-language. Uh, he could speak multi-languages, so he was uh, translating for her to them, and he was asking her, like, we should be working together to kill this thing. And she's kind of like, yeah, you're full of shit because you're killing all these buffalo for fucking fur. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's kind of sacred to the, the Native Americans. So uh, she doesn't trust him or Lick either. And they're not very nice people anyway. So they end up capturing her brother as well to which they 
uh, time to a tree in the middle of like almost like a burnt forest. I was like dying almost, uh, probably just from natural causes. But the goal was they were going to trap the predator by using them as bait, but they don't really understand how the predator works. Uh, however, Naru somehow figured out that the predator isn't one just to kill uh, something just sitting there without being armed or a threat. So naturally, the uh, predator kind of starts to get the upper hand early by taking out the, the sneaky Canadians who are trying to like fire at them, you know, keep them caught or whatever. But mm -hmm. as the predator gets into the woods, uh, they had a bear trap or something laid for him and they caught him with a net. Didn't last long, of course, because the predator is strong. Uh, of course, another thing that Samurai brought up was, and I didn't really think about this, you remember in the first Predator film, when Schwarzenegger's fighting hand-to-hand -hand with the Predator, he punches the Predator and it kind of just like, you know, checks its tooth, you know, mm -hmm. and then it knocks him right back into the tree. Well, one of the weird things about this film is the Predator, when it's attacking the bear that's trying to get to Naru, you know, he's killing it and he's punching it, but he's picking it up. And I guess one of the problems there is, like, if it's that strong to pick up that size of a bear, then a predator should have been able to, like, basically smash a hole into Schwarzenegger's head. That's true. That's true. So that's an inconsistency with the design of this particular predator. Uh, so that was a good good point of uh, Samurai catching that. Um, so, yeah. So, okay. So... The Predator's been caught, but then it gets out of the net, and it really starts to go to fucking town on these Canadians. Like, they just are not doing very well. In fact, the cool thing about the technology with this Predator is a particular thing that it opens up like a shield, and it's fucking sweet as hell. And uh, he's able to block some of these, these bullets coming at him. Now, granted, this, this Predator throughout this entire film so far... Even the battle with the, the animals is like taking wounds. Like you can see the green blood, and it, it's nothing major, but he's not exactly dodging them either. So it's like he's still taking some heat, but I guess it's his way of gaining his notoriety as a hunter, I guess. I don't know, battle wounds, if you want to call it that. <laughs> but he has his shield, and like there's one moment where he gets uh, a Canadian trapper. Uh, pinned against a tree which then he opens up the, the arm his arms up next to the guy's neck so he opens up the the shield and it just basically cuts the guy's head off along with the log behind him the tree behind him so i thought that was like a really cool fucking scene i know that's one of samurai's favorites from the movie i like the the thing i don't know what that little thing was that little circle thing that he was using to like cut off people's um legs and all and then she had that thing and she did it to the trapper guy is that that like uh, it was like that it was like a baton almost but it was like a it's, but it, then it would like went into a circle right. and then it would like slice off people's legs and like yeah. completely carterize it yeah that's kind of like a new weapon too that and the shield were like newer type stuff that we hadn't seen before so that was kind of nice you get a little bit more of the uh, armory that the predator can use um it, he did have like the which is kind of funny he used like this it's not as quite as destructive as the bomb in the other films, but the armband with the, the final the final blow, we'll call it, uh, he actually pulled that out early because he was still surrounded by a bunch of traitors. And uh, he dropped it on the ground as he was jumping through the tree. So the guys, of course, they have no clue what this is. Only one guy kind of got the impression that it was bad because it was counting down. Uh, but instead of having like this like nuclear blast, so to speak... 
uh, these three discs popped up, and then it kind of they kind of like went out about 20 yards from each other, and then they blew up. Then you could kind of like take out multiple people with that, which is pretty much what he did. Uh, then we're just getting down to the final two, which is uh, Tabe and Naru, and uh, there is a scene where she goes back to a camp where the traders are to retrieve her dog, and she's killing a couple of traders because they're trying to hurt the dog. It's kind of a pointless scene, really, but I guess they wanted to give uh, Naru a little bit more fighting time, I guess. Um, I, I, I feel like... Now, this is going to sound like I'm being sexist, but she's a little girl. She's like maybe 14. And they're having her, all these other people are being like easily managed by the predator. But I'm not saying it was easy for her, but somehow she was the one who figured out like how his, his weapons worked. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. She was the one who ended up dispatching him and, and cutting his head off. Like, yeah, yeah, and you know, and I think that's one of the bigger complaints in the film with people who had issues with it was it's not even like she's a woman; she's a little girl, like, right? But like even Tabe, the brother, he was actually a really good fighter. Like, there's a scene when they're teaming up on the predator, and he's really he took like the spear and put it through the predator, and uh, he was actually putting some damage to the right fire. right and uh you know there's people have been saying like now i, I one of lady fat blood's biggest criticism about uh, amber and bid thunder the lead actress was that she's just not a very good actress uh i don't think this particular role really really needed her to be anything in, in real deep with it um so i didn't really have a problem so much with that part of it because it just the role didn't really ask for her to be, you know, anything Oscar-worthy. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, but I will say the guy, Dakota Beavers, he did a really good job as a brother. I, like, I really liked his character. I kind of wish, in my own opinion, that he and Naru would have been the ones to actually defeat the Predator together. together. Yeah, because it, it just seemed like they were a good tandem. And it probably would have... even said that about her at the beginning. Like, she's a really good tracker. Right. Like, that was... She's she's very clever, so she's, she's and good that's at... What, and he tried to give her some credit when he initially brought the mountain lion back after hunting it. He became war chief. And he's like, you know, we did it. And she's like, no, no, you did it. But he, he was always trying to share his victories with her. Like, it was like he wanted her to be successful. He just knew she wasn't quite there. But to me, and I'm sure you agree... If they had teamed up to defeat the Predator together, that would have been a really good story. But again, it doesn't work Yeah, because for... they're both orphans, their right. parents are both gone, and then they they could be like... I, I get it, like, this is the... It wasn't a terrible movie, but like, it's always like, oh, the little girl has to be, like, in yeah. every single thing we're seeing now. Like, like... I mean, we we've been listening to Dukes, and he was ranting on Stranger Things. It's like the girl is always the one, you know. Like, yeah, you have Eleven, and she's a fourteen, fifteen-year-old girl, and she's the. But it it's okay to still have guys be like big and tough. It's cool, like you know. Right, and I and that's you know that's that's the other thing I kind of rub people the wrong way a bit is most of the film early in the film, like it's all about people bullying Naru, you know, from, you know, whether she can't hunt or whatever. I'm like, we, we got it the first time. We don't need, like, five more episodes. Yeah, we don't this. need five other dudes you being, know, like, 
You suck. Right. It, it's just kind of dumb after a while. You just kind of beat a dead horse at that point. We, we get it. <laughs> um, now, there were some people uh, in the, the uh, critics and everything else that said that Prey probably would not have done very well in the theaters. And I, I kind of disagree because, again, we're all Predator fans. So chances are we would have went to see this in the theater. Uh, we'd probably come out with the same... Uh, feelings about it but we would have probably seen it because it is a predator film uh so i don't know if i would agree that it would have done worse in the theaters than it is because like you know somehow they're saying well since it's streaming it's doing much better because of that and i'm like i don't think that's really the point uh obviously you're not spending 40 or 50 dollars to go into a theater to see it but i think honestly um I think they're right because of how expensive movies are now that, you know, you can just pop at home and, and watch it and chill out. Like, I think it might have, um, well, I, it might have drawn maybe like the first weekend, but then when people are starting to hear like it was, eh, then maybe that wouldn't have kept it in the theater more than like maybe three weeks. I think with the streaming it gives people more of a chance to like we watched it twice hmm. well, and we, yeah we kind of half-assed it the first time because we were with my parents but the second time we did sit down yeah, last night and watch it again make sure we didn't miss anything um i don't know you have to understand this movie was also produced by disney and they have money so like i just i don't think that they really I, I'm not sure like what the budget was for Schwarzenegger's versus this one. I, there's no record of this one having a budget. Like they're not saying what it was. Uh, I just can't imagine it was like really cheap because um, it's Disney, so they're not gonna you know skim out on that. And and they did a lot of. Um... But the problem is, it does kind of look like a film that would have been put on the Sci-Fi Channel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like. The way that it was just done, like like I said, it has a lot of nice things about it. There are some cool kill fights uh, within within the film. I didn't really have a problem with any of the acting or the actors, so it's not like for us, you and I, it's not a sexist or racist thing. We have no problems with anybody that was in the film. Uh, if I can enjoy the film and characters, regardless of race or sex, then I can. But, you know, we do feel like you and I talk about it all the time that we constantly see how they keep trying to hammer a particular point home. You know, I have no problem with female heroines. We've seen it with Sigourney Weidner, with Aliens, uh, and a bunch of other women throughout other action films. And it's not that you can't appreciate it, but if you don't have a good story behind it, then it's going to kind of fail. Now, the critics on Rotten Tomatoes love this film. But I, I think that a lot of it just has to do with this idea that, oh, we're now got a female lead and we also have uh, Native American actors. Like, that's their biggest thing. Like, a lot of them are saying, well, this is better than Schwarzenegger's Predator. And I'm like, you're out of your fucking mind. I, I, no, I don't think it's that good at all. No. I'm, not, I'm not trying to be... And it's not even really a deep-thinking film. Like, it's like, it is a little so early on, but really, do you, did you think there was, like, any real character development? I didn't. No. Because it was kind of just going so fast that you really didn't have time to even see how the character Yeah, the movie was very short. It was yeah. maybe an hour and a half. Um, 
I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't hate it, mm-hmm. but I don't love it. Right. If you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, I just, you know, and I'll make it to the ending here anyway with the film. Uh, there is a bit of spoiler, so if you haven't seen spoiler it, stop alert. now. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! So as Neko pointed out, eventually she's figuring out that the predator, like he, the predator dropped his helmet at one point, which is like this half skull thing. He's, he looks a bit different than the other predators we've seen with the more modern tech. So, but his skull helmet has where the laser uh, sightings on it. So he somehow, I think it's actually taken off his head by Tabe when he's fighting him with uh, Naru in, in the camp. So. We kind of don't see the helmet after that. Naru spots it, but when we don't kind of see what happens after that fact until he's chasing her. And she had fallen in some quicksand earlier in the film and gotten herself out, so she led the predator to trap where he fell into it. And we thought, okay, maybe he's dead, but he started kind of coming out of it, whether however he was able to do that. But he starts coming out, and he thinks he he's... Well, no, he still had... Oh, he had his, like, little dart that he was going to shoot at her and so he shoots it at her but it misses and it starts flying around kind of like i don't remember the character it was michael rooker from the guardians of the galaxy when he had that little wand thing mm-hmm. and he can basically shoot it where he wants so the 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 arrow's flying around and finally the predator looks over to these pieces of rock where she's managed to put the helmet in between it and it's got its target sized on the predator's head and he realizes that he just got fucked because the arrow comes around and nails him right in the head and kills him. So she, uh, obviously at the end, she cuts his head off, takes it, which is sort of like the tradition if you're going to be a war chief is, you know, this is what you do. You take your kill and you take it to the, the <laughs> clan and then all of a sudden everyone's, you know, doing their thing. Their war cry. Yeah. And so therefore she becomes a uh, war chief. Now the cool thing is I did like what they did with the... the the blood like it's green it's on her face and some of her arms is like you know some sort of like or war paint you would almost call it and, and that's a, when she was like talking to the um canadian guy and she's like she's like painting her face like as she's talking to him which was kind of cool i like that yeah and of course the ending you know the very ending you have like this young uh native girl who's looking up to her now that she's war chief and she's very excited because now it's the first woman hunter of that particular clan and uh you know again it's another sort of woke moment i mean it's a good moment so it's not something that's really going to affect me and how i feel about the film uh so quickly what's your rating out of 10 maybe a six or seven maybe six and a half it, it hardly kept my interest. I'm never going to watch it again. Uh, it's a 7 out of 10 for me. Um, now here's the, the conundrum a bit. Out of all the, the solo Predator films, this is third. So I have Predator 1, Predator 2, and then this film. I did not like Predators, and I did not like the Predator. Those films are garbage to me, so I don't even watch them. Like you, I probably will not watch this, but I will give this a 7 out of 10 because it was... Semi decent, yeah. yeah. It, was still, it was different, a good idea. Blah, right. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, just didn't really live up to the expectations that we all had about it. And, uh, you know, some people do love it, and that's fine. It's all your own personal choice, and it's your subjective takes on it. Uh, 
But I don't find it nowhere near as good as the first two films. And I know people like to shit on Predator 2 a lot, but you and I are very... We push hard on that because... We love Predator 2. Predator 2 is very underrated. And really, you really can't shit on Predator 2 because the gun that is uh, given to... Uh, who was it given to? The girl? Yeah. No, she gave it to the, the lead chief guy. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that's the same gun that is given to Danny Glover character in Predator 2 by the Predators after he defeated the Predator he was facing. So, yeah, but how does the Predator have the gun if the girl got the gun? Well, there's a there's a point. You didn't probably didn't catch it. Remember how like at the end during the credits they had like the sort of like Indian drawing scribblings going on? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a moment where the ship's coming out of the sky and they're all looking up. So the, Maybe they came back. Yeah, so the, the idea was the Predators came back and probably killed him eventually or whatever and took the gun back or something so that's pretty much how they're probably looking at that uh there has been talks of doing a sequel to this um you know i don't know how good or bad it's gonna be don't know what time period we're gonna be in but uh guys just don't be afraid to use men as, as heroes again it's not it's not a big deal really well, I mean, what's that chris pratt show that's out there right now terminal list yeah so apparently like, he's getting a lot of shit. And I'm like, that sucks. It's just him being, like, a Marine or, you know, like... It's because of the guns and stuff. Like, people just... People can't get over that fact. Like, it's like... Almost like now, like, we can't no longer have male action here. It's like, it's all of a sudden... And it's not everybody, but there's just people out there like this. And it's so embarrassing. It's like, just stop. Just stop. I mean, like, Chris Pratt responds to the woke credits of his show... He said, he's like, it's it's not for everyone. Right. He's like, we don't mention any kind of politics. Uh, or politics. Right. It, it's like you can't have just a macho, quote unquote, right. show anymore. Yeah. And I, you know, I said this after the 2016 Ghostbusters, like the, the issue wasn't the women involved in the cast. Now, there were some people that shed on them for different reasons, and that they're idiots. We've said that before, but they were handed a shit sandwich after they couldn't get the original three guys to do the film. So, obviously, you and I enjoyed Afterlife much, much better than 2016, but the reality is, 2016 Ghostbusters, the fault wasn't the women involved, it was the fucking shitty script. Period. Mm. It was just not well done. Mm-hmm. So, I'm fine, and so is she with giving women leads in action films but make the fucking action film good and worthy give them the kind of scripts that you would give to Schwarzenegger or Stallone or whoever you know make it worth their while uh if you're just gonna say okay well, I've got this lead we're just gonna use this woke culture now and we're just gonna give them a shit sandwich and hope that it does well it's, it's so stupid I think they felt like just because it was a female Ghostbusters um that it would be fine right you know they're like oh it'll be fine exactly you know but in reality, it really wasn't like it wasn't. And you're, it, it is, you know, a disservice to the women because, like, oh, it is very much so. <laughs> these poor, uh, these poor women are like, okay, well, we want to do this because we want to be the female ghost. And they're probably fans of the original, so it's like, oh, okay, uh, they're excited to do this, but then we're like, oh, we're just not gonna really do a good script. We'll just give them whatever, and it's like, dude, you're fucking wasting our time. Mm-hmm. It's not fair, I don't think. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I really... 
I really think Prey could have been a lot better. Oh, it, it, the premise is great. I, and I knew that the minute that I saw, you know, the, the artwork and the trailer, I said, oh, this is good because it's going to take us back a little bit to a more primitive time and to see how they handle the Predator in that time period. Mm -hmm. And so, like... But, you know, the funny thing about this film, too, that I didn't get to was Naru was able to use the Predator's technology against him. Now, in, in the original Predator film, Dutch did it all by just primitive ways. Mm -hmm. He killed the Predator without all the tech. Yeah, he, he covered himself in mud and, yeah. Yeah, we won't get into how they predator couldn't see them because of the flowers are eating. I, I don't really understand. I don't understand that either. <laughs> I, I really don't. I, I guess they just had to come up with something that was more unique. But and, oh, but that was actually kind of interesting too because um, Naru, she um, besides just being a track tracker and practicing her hunting and everything, she really was studying with one of the elder women about medicine and healing and on one of their trips, one of the guys got hurt and she gave medicine to him and he got better and mm -hmm. so she's she, the thing is she is very multi-dimensional but i don't feel like they just it just fell flat like you have this character who is really great and she's got this really great relationship with her brother there's so much that i feel between the two of them if you had like she doesn't have to be the only hero you know. That's a point that I didn't get to. I was reading an article from one of these women critics who didn't like the film as much as the rest of them. This was actually one of the, the main critics, and she her points were uh, exactly what you said. She said it kind of felt like Naru was more of a token mm -hmm. uh, rather than an actual strong character that we deserve. And she's like, she said the same thing. She's like, why is it only this girl is the only one that's supposedly wanting to be a hunter? No one else in the, the clan, like the tribe... Uh, women-wise want to be anything else like she's like that's sort of insulting so and it is also us coming from 2022 mentality where we are roles in gender roles are very distinct if you look at old tribes you don't have a choice but i think because she and her brother were um orphaned and she was kind of raised by her brother and some other people in the tribe she kind of is a little bit more loose than what you, you know, like her, her identity is a little bit more loose because she's not there with her mom every day right. just doing the female chores. She's kind of like, you know, she's close to her brother and she wants to be with her brother and he's one of the hunters. So she is picking up his, you know, lifestyle, mm -hmm. which is good. It's fine. But. Which is interesting because probably diehard feminists are like, Oh gosh, she looks up to her brother. That's so non-feminist. It's like, it's okay. She can look up to her brother because they actually had a very good relationship. A very, the two of them. it was very sweet. Yeah. Was, so, and she was very devastated uh, when he bites it. So it's like, I just know. think there's so much more you could have done. You know that you've got this really great relationship between the two of them, like the part where they're on tied to the tree, and I would have loved for them both to team up. That would have been different from any other predator movie because it didn't come down to one person. It would have been two people man and woman taking on a predator during that time period and winning that would have been fantastic and he just like i said earlier he was saying to naru you know what a great tracker she's got him she can use her little ideas and 
you've got brother and they kind of did that but they didn't do it well enough like you, right you, right I, just oh, i just i didn't want the brother. just a bit outside you missed it and i i don't think i'm ever gonna watch it again be, but i feel like it could have been so much better it could have and that's unfortunate yeah but the the thing going for it though it's still better than the last two installments in the predator franchise so it has that going for it because it is more unique in that way and i just the other two films are really straight up trash i just don't like them whatsoever uh so kudos for at least doing better than those two films but anyone saying it's better than the first two predator films are out of their fucking mind <laughs> yeah i mean you know how what a wonderful place Predator 2 has in my heart. Uh -huh. I don't know why I love it so much. I know it's so great... many people think it's just cheesy, but it's, I mean... Well, I'll play it this way. Most people who are in our circle, the dojo and, you know, samurai, people that we talk with throughout movie reviews or whatever, they all agree that Predator 2 is very underrated. Very underrated. Mm -hmm. And, uh... You know, some people love the fact that this got back to the whole, like, forest and jungle aspect, which is fine. Uh, even though the other two Predator films, last, you know, the last two also did that. Of course, one of them was, like, on a different planet, I think. I don't remember. But either way, uh, still not as good as the first two films. Those two really hit the cape because there's a lot more charisma in it, uh, a lot more fun. Uh, again, this was a unique take, but just really only a C grade for me and I think both uh, Lady Fatbelt actually gave it a D uh, I think uh, Samurai gave it a C so or somewhere in there but we're all about the same and actually in Rotten Tomatoes it went from like an 83% audience approval rating to the 79 so it's dropping which I think right now if you're in the 70s it's about right mm -hmm. you know what I mean uh, critics are obviously giving it a 92, which is an A, and I just, you know, I don't see it, uh, unless they're just doing it for various reasons that have nothing to do with the actual movie, which a lot of times I find critics are doing it. They just aren't being genuine to me when it comes to their reviews. It's like, you're kind of missing the point, dude. It's it, Either it's a good movie or it's not. You have to get away from all this other bullshit that you're trying to push through politics or social issues and just go with entertainment value and right now it's like not near as good as those first two films i know and i i'm kind of like just bummed, bummed. <laughs> yeah because we're, we're always waiting for better films like even now in the alien versus predator franchise it's we still need a very good one uh i have a soft spot for requiem people hate that film i know it's really dark which is part of the problem but uh there's some aspects of that film that i do like uh, there's aspects of the first film that I like. Uh, unfortunately, both of them have a lot of flaws that you just can't really get over. But until they get that right, we'll just be stuck with what we have. All right. It's In the next, next two blocks of music, I got some guttural disease. The human race is filth. Diatrophic. Absolute darkness. Necro weasel. Kicking it off with Hydra. Blasphemous flutes. We'll be back. Come back at last I've waited The potent void The crawling chaos I touch a widespread Whispering prophecy
Introducing the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast, available today on your favorite podcast platform. Metal Tavern is a heavy metal, rock music, and movie podcast where they discuss movies, music, current events, and feature live interviews with bands, artists, and YouTube personalities. They spotlight independent labels and feature the underground bands the label represents. Again, that's the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. Stream it today on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Podbean, YouTube, and at the website MetalTavernRadio.com. Many episodes up for you to listen to already, and make sure you subscribe to be notified of future releases. That's the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. Go listen, download, and subscribe today. You can also connect on Facebook, search Metal Tavern Radio, and follow the guys on Twitter at DJ Anubis88 and DJ underscore Nico Caffrey.
Fuck Your Face from Russia and you are listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Jump into our rock block for today. Yeah. Got some Band of Spice. Lucid Grave. Band reached out me called The Voo, so we got a track from them we'll be playing. The request by Kevin Tarrant for Hell's Abyss. Got a little bit of that. Uh, We'll get to the band that we were discussing earlier. It's filling in your slot this week for the pick of the week. but I should be more... Uh, appalled, but I'm not. <laughs> you know, we love him. We love him a lot. Uh, but we'll talk. We won't get to that point. But uh, we're gonna kick it all off with a band that was provided by Against PR. The band's called Honoria. Honoria. Yeah, Onyria. O n y r i a. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, the song's called Denial. So we'll be back.
see yourself as a mover and shaker A potential partaker of hearts Follow the lines You might be surprised where they take you Don't batten on as you pass me by But keep sneaking a peek on the side Fascinated by all of your raucous behaviour Stop.
everybody, this is Mr. Joshua Gray, your live gameplay DJ, live weekday mornings, every day, but hump day, playing Mortal Kombat or other games occasionally and featuring a number of different artists. So come on by, grab your breakfast, and enjoy some fatalities. Mr. Joshua Gray on YouTube, Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 8 to noon to the moon. And you're listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Tavern Radio.
That is Lucid Grave with Old Spirit. And now we're going to get into what would normally be Neko's Pick of the Week, but we had a friend of ours who we've known a long time who has a project called Pasectomy. Now, when it started, it was basically like grind or porno grind type music, and he's now kind of like evolved into almost a rockish. We've checked out the couple of tracks that he sent us recently, and... Um, what did we say? It sounded kind of like Ghost yeah, and Mastodon. Yeah, it sounds like Ghost or and Mastodon. Um, it's kind of interesting because I, I do love all of it. Like, it's very death, his other stuff. It was like grindcore, deathy, and now it's almost more rockish. So, yeah. But he's he's got so many ideas all the time that I, I think sometimes he just kind of like goes all over the place. So I liked it. I, I thought it was very um, impressive. Yeah, actually, I think he's growing as a musician and an artist and uh, kind of interesting the direction he went with. I, you know, it doesn't really kind of fit the name, but then again, maybe he's going to continue to evolve the band and might end up doing a lot of different things with it, uh, clearly. So we're going to play a new track from Pasectomy from our good friend Jason, and uh, it's called Electric Elephant Graveyard. And then we'll have some Hell's Abyss for Kevin right after that. Check it out.
What's up, everyone? This is Richie from Grave Huffer, and you're listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Tavern Radio. Rank it the fuck up. our rock lock with Hell's Abyss with Kill the Real Girls. Going out to Kevin Tarrant by request. And uh, now we're going to talk a little bit about American politics. Things we hate. (laughs) But But we we really feel like it's important to um, touch on this because being that we are very uh, libertarian um, when things like this happen, we have have to kind of acknowledge it as are we looking at something that's an abuse of power or are we looking at something where it's uh, warranted? And what we're referring to is the raid on former President Trump's home in, I, I never say it right, Mar-a-Lago in... Um, in Florida, in Palm Beach. Now we're we're not like Trump supporters or anything like that, so we're not here to, to be like, oh yeah, Trump's innocent, blah blah blah. Right. Um, in fact, there's a lot that would lead that Trump could be guilty. You know, we can talk about all the the Russia stuff or the January 6th stuff, but you know that stuff that's still either one has been already claimed, like the Russia stuff's already been bonked, debunked. That's mm-hmm. just been debunked. Uh, the January 6th stuff, we know that Trump said some things, but under the, from what last I heard, under the laws of incitement, those didn't apply. But whatever they're in, uh, their court's now talking about, I don't know if there's more information on all that or if they have hidden stuff. I know that this raid was supposedly part of that investigation into whether or not how much, how much she was involved with that. So... Very like, I don't I don't know, low level. The reason that they're giving um, was they were raiding the home, and they were getting boxes of top secret and confidential documents that they claim Trump took from the White House, which is something that you know. Anubis and I have a really big problem with because it was one of the reasons that we were so irritated with Hillary Clinton. You know, these are, you know, she was keeping secured emails on an unsecured server, and that was to me just a big deal. Like, the only reason I even talk about this is in my job, there are some, you know, higher level government things that we have to do, and they're so strict with how our protocol is. Like, when it involves a government contract there's you know no location tracking um phones have to be turned off and handed into the captain when there's any kind of briefing you have to go into a room with no phones no nothing like it's a everything is a hundred percent secure there's only special computers that are allowed to be used that's why i kind of was like you know i'm irritated with with hillary clinton but i'm also irritated now with former president trump because these are things that are supposed to be secured, but it's in your personal residence. It's not acceptable. So that's the baseline, what they're saying. But things that were kind of brought up, again, while, while I kind of 
brushed on, on the uh, abuse of power is there you there are claims that they're using that as a way a means to get into the residence and look through everything including like um yeah it's kind of like uh discovery so like if they go and look for one thing but they come out with something else they can use that against him so i think that the uh i think yes they they kind of knew he took stuff from the white house and there's even um claims that the clintons even took like when when bill clinton shh, when bill clinton was um president they took like furniture and stuff right so yes there are claims that presidents always do take things and they're using that as their way to get in because they're looking for something specific yeah one of the debates is whether or not trump declassified the stuff that he has at his house uh but apparently to more people in the know they have to presidents can't just declassify it has to be done through other channels mm -hmm. as well so even if he wants to claim that, you have to be able to prove that other higher-ups actually declassified that with you. So, And then we're talking about there's some stuff in there about nukes and, and stuff like that, stuff that Nick and I are concerned about in terms of, like, because one of the implications is was he selling secrets to Iran or the Middle East? So his, his um, son-in-law is Jared Kushner, and he has um, a private equity firm that gets most of its funding from... Saudi government's sovereign wealth fund and just recently Jared Kushner received um, I believe it was like two million dollars or something like huge amounts uh, of, of money from the private equity firm from Saudi Arabia just kind of the timing coincided with like the discovery of these documents so some people are saying that it's possible that the information was being sold to the Saudi government. This is not confirmed, but this is all like conjecture. This is like, a, well, right. the, t the timing is kind of, you know, right. Um, and that's the other part of it is that on the other side of this, we know that the left and the Democrats are fearful that Trump will run again in 2024. And that's a big thing with them. Like, they're still pissed about all the other shit that Trump did under his watch. Uh, so now people are coming out and saying, well, is this more of a witch hunt? Are they trying to stop Trump from running in 24 so that they can have an easier path to uh, getting another either Biden again or another Democratic president uh, in there? Uh, so there's a lot at play here. Uh, you know, it's all like part of the game, I guess. And, you know, unfortunately for us as libertarians, we're caught in the middle of all this nonsense. But we both agreed that if the DOG and FBI find what they're looking for in terms of like criminal activity by Trump that he should be prosecuted and not you know run of course so there is that and but again if it, if it turns out to be a nothing burger then it's even a bigger problem because now we have our government and law uh, legal side of this, like breaking the law to try to get someone not or to not, run. not necessarily breaking the law. They're manipulating the law, the system, yeah, to, so that they can get what they want. And that's why I was kind of bringing up: is this an abuse of power? Like, are they using suspicion to get what they want so that Trump doesn't run, or they can put Trump like 
in jail or whatever, and then Trump's claiming that they've they've uh, planted things too. Right. So, but I, I can't expect I, I think that's him just to say him that. Saying that right. but, but what I mean is like, where does this all lead? Like, they first of all, I um, I don't know how often, and and you're, you're even with other presidents. They, they take things from, and, and I don't even know what Trump took from the White House, and but I don't know how often that a president would do that, like take things and have them declassified and then taken to their home for whatever reason. I mean, I think anything that kind of flows in and out of the White House, regardless of how um, non-inconsequential uh, it could be, like, you know, cleaning bills or anything... It probably does go to some type of uh, top secret classified thing because you're like, okay, this is a government vendor and this is this and this is that. So I'm sure anything that kind of flows in and out of the White House is going to be considered classified. I don't know how often other presidents would need to take things. They've never done this before, but it, it kind of, again, we're going to bring up my favorite thing, COVID. It, we, we saw this by when we went to visit his parents we were they live in a, a much smaller like Baltimore and the surrounding counties are huge compared to where his parents live and the difference between how COVID was handled where they were versus where we were you kind of see how like if you have a lot of power you can scare people enough to make them do what you want to do and is it an abuse of power for to the fbi to go into trump's home to either find something or they suspect something or are they using their power because they they really do think that there's a big problem like selling nuclear secrets to saudi arabia we don't know because we're not there but I, I, it's, it opens up a really interesting conversation. How much power does the FBI have? How much power is... Yeah, because if, if, if this is just a witch hunt, this screams like Watergate all over mm -hmm. again. So uh, you just got some very scary stuff on either side of this. Uh, obviously, if Trump is guilty of trying to sell secrets to the Middle East, which he does have connections to Saudi Arabia and stuff. If he's guilty of doing that, then we caught it at the right time. But again, the other side of this is if it's not, if they can't find anything that they're actually looking for or accusing him of, it's a serious overreach on their part. And it screams of a bigger problem going on in the American government system. So uh, it's something to keep an eye on while this plays out. But, you know, personally... I don't want to see Trump run again. I didn't like him the first time. Uh, I don't like Biden either. But, you know, I just think that as Americans, we need to be better about how we choose our candidates. And we need a deeper pool. we got to quit relying on just like, oh, this guy won the primaries or this person won the primaries. That's all we got to choose from. Like, just leave the fucking ticket open. Let us... Let everybody run. Let guys like uh, Johnson run like we did in 2016. And give us the option of putting a vote for him. Let these people all have the same platform to speak on at debates and everything else. Let them just do it. 
you got the money, let them sit up there and, and battle it out, and then we just decide. Like, but it, I'd rather have a choice of like five candidates than just two. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just it, it doesn't give the Americans any option, real option, to progress as a society if we're continually having to worry about Democrats and Republicans. Like, we need to be able to have other options. So what they're finding, what they're saying that the FBI took was 11 sets of documents of various classifications ranging from confidential to top secret and sensitive compartmented information. There were four sets of top secret, three sets of secret documents, and three sets of documents described as confidential. Uh, it looks like 27 boxes were taken. There were other items that included on, because they list what they took. There was um, one labeled info regarding the president of France, an executive grant of clemency for Trump ally Roger Stone, binders of photos, a potential presidential record, and a leather-bound box of documents. Um, They're trying to figure out if, number one, there was a crime by taking this on Trump's end, but they're also trying to figure out, uh, you know, what, because they're, they're showing the um, actual redacted do- documents. So um, it, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, the Biden administration is trying to do damage control on their side because they don't, you know, nobody does this to a former president. So they're trying to keep themselves looking like, oh, you know, yes, the FBI is doing this, but there was probable cause or mm-hmm. reasonable. We, we think that there is information in there that is going to um, harm the security of the United States, blah, blah, blah. And then with his son-in-law's ties to Saudi Arabia, it's just... Yeah, there's it's a mess. It is a huge mess. Um, there's actual, like, live updates on so many, like, not just, like, Fox, CNN, like... CNBC, it's everywhere. They're like constantly giving live updates, and um, I mean, even Trump had to sign. He signed off on the release of the search warrant, like when they came to look at everything. So maybe Trump really doesn't feel like he has anything to hide. Maybe, if anything, he might get charged with mishandling of classified documents if he doesn't think that he it was properly um, declassified before it left the. If that's the only thing that they can, you know, pull out of these classified documents. But again, in my heart of hearts, I feel like they're doing everything they can to stop him from running. And they're going to, they were going there because they knew there were documents that he took. They're trying to get him on a technicality. And then they're looking for something else. Mm-hmm. They were looking for... They, yeah, they, I, I have no doubt, because one of the biggest things that the Democrats have wanted was for Trump to uh, show his tax returns and his, you know, all that stuff. So, like, again, I don't... I can't remember. I think most presidents show their tax returns or some shit like that, and, and Trump just chose not to, but... There's always been this thing that, you know, Trump is hiding something. But again, you know, the left hates Trump regardless. Like, for you and I, we dislike Trump, but it's not like we have this undying rage to, like, you know, keep fighting against him. Like, I just, I wish he'd go away, but I'm not going to sit here and say, well, we need to keep digging and find some shit on him. I, I think, though, that that's really what they're trying to do, the left being, um, because 
they know he's got a really strong supporter base um still even Mm. like now he still has this huge supporter base and if he is planning on running in 2024 i i mean i I, that's the plan he was going to run in 2024 and again like i said yeah that's why this whole thing looks shady so it's (laughs) like for i think honestly i just hope that he's guilty of whatever they're finding because that's going to make things seem a little easier to take in if we find again we find out that it's an empty witch hunt and there's nothing there it's just going to be like the russia stuff and january 6th stuff all over again like they're just constantly and this is what's disappointing about the left for me is because biden's not very good so what is your backup plan for when he's if he doesn't get reelected? like is it gonna be harris who isn't very good either or do you have a plan b with a better candidate i mean Hillary toyed with the idea of running again, but people were quickly shutting that down. Even the left were like, just just take this one out. Huh? Uh, so, you know, Trump, as bad as he is, like, you just find a better candidate. You're wasting all your time on Trump, and it's like you're hurting your own party. So, like, even if I wanted to vote Democrat, I can't find the conscious decision to do that because there's no one there I can root for. And the Republicans are the same way. You just said they're still supporting Trump. And it's like, quit doing that. Like, find a better guy that we can all get behind it. You know, even if you can find a Republican who can work both sides, you might even get some people on the left to vote for this guy. It's like, let's just get away from these pieces of trash. I feel like it's like they're trying to manufacture candidates like from their pool. They don't want to like look outside of what is out there. There's and we see it locally too because here in Maryland and in Baltimore County they the big county executive um, vote has been over the last couple of elections it's been a big deal and you know there are some new faces who really had emerged and tried to run but didn't make it through the primaries and i i think too what both the left and the right are doing is they are just really trying to manufacture um their candidates like Mm -hmm. this is what we want to put forward and you know we're going to give our backing to this person so don't even you know any other person who yeah you might be a democrat but don't even try to run on the primaries against this person. Because, That's what they did. What, what happened yeah. to Sanders? You know, he was trying to run on the other end of that, and the Democrats were like, "You just got to sit this one out, dude." <laughs> so then he had to throw support behind Hillary, who really didn't care about Bernie Sanders. So it's like, yeah, it's exactly like that. They just find one candidate, and then that's who they put all their strength behind. But like, it's not always the best person, but. For whatever reason, the popularity takes over. Like, really, Biden probably got the nod because he was VP to Obama. So mm-hmm. it's like that's exactly what it was. He but was, he's really not a good president. So it's like it's really tough to take in all this stuff because we're not, as a society, we're not being very smart about it. We're, you know, they're supposed to be working for us, uh, not the other way around. But right now, they've got us all wrapped around their fingers because whatever they want to put out there, we're just eating it up. And yeah, right now it's like a fucking um, soap opera, mm-hmm. and so they're just manufacturing more drama, and and not working on policies to make America better. That's that's a big problem for me. <laughs> it's so crazy. I, I mean, again, this is not a pro or anti-Trump anything. All this is is like number one, 
what was their motive? What gave them these ideas? The FBI is very powerful and like it had to, there had to be something going on behind the scenes. Two, if their motives were just like, we want to fuck things up and make it so, so difficult for Trump to even be running in 2024, then that's kind of fucked up. And three, oh my God, what if Trump really does have something that is desperately, you know, crucial to the security of America? That's really fucked up. Or four, if he is guilty, then why didn't we charge Hillary Clinton for all her bullshit instead of having the FBI say, well, she just had a dumb blonde moment. Well... <laughs> she broke the law i mean it's just it's really sad because like you're coming this hard at trump which is okay if he is guilty but we should be consistent with how we apply these laws i to would these. get fired like any normal person would be in jail if, if we were doing anything with our government contracts and i didn't follow protocol i would get fired mm -hmm. that's that's what i mean so are i mean are we Trump's already fired. He's not the president anymore. But are we looking at this as he is doing something that will um, hurt the sanctity of the United States? Or is it we're using that as an excuse to find more dirt and to right. cause chaos? Right, right. Like, is it just more of like, we just don't want Trump, so we're going to do whatever we can to get him not to run like that's been their biggest thing since he lost the other elections like we don't want to see trump again they've been doing this for four years and this is the problem is like even during trump's uh tenure as president the democrats spent so much time going back and forth with trump on twitter is like just work and make better policies for people and then get a better candidate who let, let's face it biden won because everyone hated trump by that point it wasn't even like biden did anything great he would have lost to a guy like Bush uh, Jr. or even Obama, you know, if Obama had been Republican or whatever. But it's just sad. It's like our state of government right now is just bad. And we're not we're allowing them to do this shit. The drama is just it's not working for us. And it's dividing people the country. even more. Yeah. It's dividing people left and right so much when I, I really urge anyone who is thinking about this like don't think of it as like oh yeah we're finally getting trump or oh yeah you know trump's guilty think of it as like why what gave what made them want to do this and as stuff comes out hopefully they give us the why because if the why is really just a distraction or to cause more um drama that just is what i was saying earlier about the abuse of power yeah Really, just in taxpayer money. Yeah, just really think about why is this happening? Because I, I, you and I both are like, if this is if this is something serious, if he has serious, he does deserve to be punished. Please punish him. We don't give a shit if he runs ever again. But all this is doing is kind of putting this information in the forefront and like real problems on the back burner, and we don't want that as a country. Right. All right, let's get back into some music. I uh, got some Sidewalk Mafia, new stuff from them from Grand Sounds, Death Clock, classic material from them, and brand new stuff from Behold the Monolith. This is Spirit Taker. <laughs>
has died all my fault I can't believe what I've seen These are all men They have the power of God They tried to bring them down I am not the hero I am the villain And I too must go down
Hey everyone, this is Blake from Pig Destroyer. Hey Beak and Zell R.I.P. And you are listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko at Metal Tavern Radio. Get into it now. a bit more uh, news for you all. It's going to actually be more in the uh, couple of deaths that we're going to talk about and also uh, another article that I felt like we need to kind of talk about and it's kind of tied into some other stuff we've been talking about in the past. Uh, but the first thing I wanted to get to was uh, the passing of uh, actress Anne Heche. Or I don't know how you pronounce it. Anne Heche. Anne Heche, yeah. Uh, she was involved in a car accident in which she slammed into a house, I think. And, mm-hmm. and the house caught on fire. Yeah. Yeah, it was like like the house is destroyed, basically. So was a car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but as more information came out, uh, it seems like she was under the influence of cocaine and fentanyl. Uh, no, fentanyl. Fentanyl, excuse me. Uh, she was in a coma for a little bit, but apparently, I guess, through the accident, she's like was considered brain dead, and I don't know if they... Took her off life they support. Took her off life yeah. support today. Yeah, so I figured that, that she wasn't going to survive. Uh, she has survived by a couple of kids. Atlas is one of them, and I forget the name of the other one. Uh, She's actually, um, I learned today, estranged from her mother and her sister. Um, she had three other siblings pass away uh, throughout her life, and um, she she seems like she had a pretty rough personal life like um her one sibling passed away as a baby with a heart defect uh one sibling passed away from brain cancer and another um was in a really bad car accident right before his high school graduation but she always speculated that it was probably suicide she thought he was doing it intentionally and um what's interesting i don't know much about her personally because you know I've never really gotten gotten into her celebrity gossip but at one point she was the drug abuse is not new from what they're saying she was dating um, Ellen DeGeneres and after they had their breakup she kind of went on a bender and abandoned her car and showed up on somebody's front porch asking to use the shower and then they let her use the shower but called the police and at that time she um revealed that she was under the influence of ecstasy mm. um so it seems like she's been coping a lot her entire life with with drugs so this this is kind of like it's interesting because i think i had read she was more recently was like doing a podcast or something she was on her talk show but yeah you know i don't know about all the past trauma or pain that she's been dealing with but uh yeah I, I think she did injure somebody with the car accident but it wasn't like fatal to the other person so i mean it's unfortunate i remember very little about her films other than the fact that i do remember she was dating DeGeneres for a while uh she did do a movie with harrison ford i think uh way back when but I'm sure she's done a few films but I just I can't really remember as an actress much she had kind of fallen off the grid for a while mm-hmm. uh, until until recently 
Um, Allegedly, though, she had another minor car accident earlier the day that she had the major accident and mm. um, crashing into a wall in an apartment apartment complex, but then she just drove away from that crash. <laughs> um, she She's kind of like just struggled. Like, apparently she alleges in her memoirs that her father had abused her sexually from a young age and actually ended up giving her herpes as a child. And her mother and her remaining sister completely deny any of that happening. So she's pretty, she's been struggling and it's kind of what we always say about like mental health and depression and dealing with issues. Like she, it seems like she had a lot of inner demons kind of come to surface and sadly like we don't know what she was doing that day that really kind of took it over the edge yeah um so yeah she was uh taking off life support today uh clearly they said she was brain dead at this point so maybe for her it's kind of like the best move like i don't know what her injuries were you know outside of the brain damage so you know. well she had a um injuries to her lungs um well she burned it all because i know they said the car was on fire or something along the house it's like i don't know how much of physical because sometimes you know look if you're in a, an accident or you know let's say you're attacked by sharks and you have no arms or legs left, like what's the purpose of really wanting to live at that point it's like almost like better if you just pass on mm -hmm. uh so i don't know how grave her injuries were going into this before the brain dead stuff but you know maybe it was really the best thing for her at this they point. basically said they were they didn't have a lot of it was it was pretty critical yeah like they didn't have um <clears throat> a lot of hope, hope yeah. yeah and you know there are some people some celebrities that she's worked with who are kind of who were kind of just saying their condolences and stuff but the again you know the fucking internet is awful because they're like oh you're sad that she she uh died but she almost killed somebody and destroyed a house and yes we know that but there's uh a lot of other celebrities who also have faced uh substance abuse problems and that's what they were all were kind of yeah saying. i don't i don't think you know by saying that you feel bad as she passed that that's saying that she's not responsible for what happened like that's not what anybody's saying it's just like you know look it, it was a bad accident and there are reasons behind it but it's not like she maliciously went out trying to hurt anybody it just happened uh there's a lot of difference between someone who's wanting to intend to hurt somebody versus someone that just happens in an accident mm -hmm. uh, you can say she was irresponsible fine like, but she clearly had some sort of substance abuse problem well she she did a you were like you were saying she did a podcast called better together mm -hmm. and that morning, <coughs> excuse me, hours before the crash, they um, post. She posted her most recent podcast, and which she said she had been drinking vodka with wine chasers before recording. And she allegedly talked about using alcohol to deal with a very bad day. Um, they the episode they the producer claims it was recorded earlier. We don't know. Right. Yeah, okay, so moving on to some other news. Um, 
another actress singer, uh, Olivia Newton John, passed away, and I believe she was in her 70s, 73. Yeah, she had um, breast cancer, and um, that ultimately she lost to it. A lot of times, there's, there's what I've learned just dealing with my mom's illness is um, when you say you have breast cancer you just think breast cancer is breast cancer when you say you have leukemia you just think leukemia is leukemia or lung cancer there are so many things go into these um, diagnoses that when you find out okay I have this type of breast cancer some of the breast cancers are very treatable and um, very unlikely to cause you any issues um, they have the medication now that's like targeted, but what ends up happening with a lot of people who have breast cancer and it turns chronic, just kind of like your sister-in-law, Connie, where she went 20 years dealing with it. Maybe it was th 20 years about, right? What the, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was about 20 years that, um, you know, they, they, she caught it early but it just kept coming back and spreading and that's kind of what was happening with Olivia Newton-Johns. Um, there's a lady I worked with uh, at my other job and she was stage four breast cancer and a lot of times people hear stage four it means you're like on death's door but that's not necessarily what it means. It means that it has metastasized away from the breast and that's what happened to Connie. It just started showing up all over the body. Mm -hmm. and. You know, Olivia Newton-John, everybody, you know, she was like the pop star sweetheart. Yeah, for those that don't know, she's the star opposite John Travolta in the musical Grease, which is a big, popular, and probably most famous musical ever, really. She was in Xanadu, which was oh, awful, yeah. but amazing. David Bowie. Mm -hmm. um, she had some songs as hits, and I'm trying to remember Martin, what they let's were. Get Physical, oh yeah. Physical. Uh, hopelessly devoted to you. You're the one that I want. That's, Summer nights. That's all from Greece. Yeah. Uh, so she actually was a very good singer um, of her own, and we found I found out today anyway that she was very close to the late Andy Gibb, which, if you all recall, in our review of the doc about the Bee Gees, uh, we talked a little bit about the tragedy of, uh, evolving or involving. Andy Gibb and his, his own drug habit, which took his life eventually. Although, I read that he died from heart failure, but a lot of it was contributed by the drug abuse. So he was he was already getting better, but it just, I guess the drugs had done his body wrong. Mm -hmm. And it just finally took him. But apparently, uh, Olivia and Andy were very close, and there was many talks that they were supposedly romantically involved but Olivia's always said no it's just we're very good friends he's like a little brother to me and it, apparently when he passed she was very devastated by that uh trying to be there for him and everything so I think they did sing together a couple times I don't know if there was any like radio songs that they appeared on but you, there was a shot of them kind of singing together or something and I don't know what that's from but uh I don't know. It's really sad. I I, I kind of actually had a kind of a crush on her when I was in my early teens. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because I'm looking at some of the uh, article here in entertainment. Uh, it says in 1981 she took her new sexier persona a step further with physical, which you mentioned, a dance number with such suggestive lyrics as "There's nothing left to talk about unless it's horizontally." 
banned by several radio stations. It and, became and the her funny biggest thing hit. is, is it wasn't supposed to be for her when what? it was written. Um, I forgot like who they meant to write it for, but she liked it, and um, they were like, it's, "This is too sexual." For you, so that's why when they did the video for it, it was like the aerobics. Yeah, they were trying to make fun of like, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I remember saying, "Okay, I get, I get the song, but it doesn't match what I'm watching on the video, even though it was good rub out material." Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, they her her funeral. I'm trying to see when it's scheduled. They're supposed to be. She's getting a state service because she's from Australia. And they're trying to, you know, do it up. Her her family. Um, oh, uh, Gene Kelly was in Xanadu, too. I did not know. That was like his final screen role. So that's pretty cool. Um, monuments and buildings across Australia were lit up pink, which is the breast cancer color, to honor the star. Um, she, um, yeah, they're, it, it's just, it's really sad. Yeah, uh, real unfortunate. Uh, she stayed close to guys like Travolta as well. Like even though they didn't talk every day, but they were very good friends. And I think they did at one point. Uh, I believe she was doing uh, a concert uh, within the last five years. Sorry. And um, Travolta was there, and he ended up going on stage and ended up doing their little grease number mm-hmm. there. So I thought that was kind of cool, even you know at this late stage of their lives. So. Just shows how fun they were. Uh, the final story I wanted to get to, I'd been following it kind of from the beginning, and it kind of went dead for a while. But it was regarding the. Uh, now this I didn't know anything about until you told me about uh, it. Yeah, so social media model Courtney Kalani recently has been charged with second degree murder over April in of over the April death of her boyfriend Christian Toby. Abzumsley, Zimsley, something like that. Oh my god, what, well, let, me, let me see if I can... Yeah, uh, I'll just call him Christian. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I remember when it first got reported, because uh, somebody, well, TMZ or whoever, like, after the stabbing, they had managed to take a picture from the building across from where they were, and she was sitting on the floor in her, like, sweats or something, they were bloody and whatnot, and the police were there and they were investigating and the report was at the time that Courtney had stabbed uh, Christian in self-defense because of uh, apparently domestic abuse or violence or something Mm -hmm. but the interesting thing about the case though which a lot of people had a problem with is that uh, Courtney was not arrested that day like they allowed her to walk Uh, now she didn't flee the country or anything that I know of or anything like that but uh, we all know had the circumstances been reversed, uh, Christian, he's a black man, would have been arrested on spot. Mm-hmm. So people had a lot of problems with that. They were screaming. The family of Christian were screaming about it. And, well, some of the talk was, well, people had seen these two, and they oftentimes yelled at each other and whatnot. But most of the people uh, had claimed that Courtney was the one that was often physically attacking Christian. And so... I only bring that part of it up because of the recent uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard thing where, you know, we have evidence in the trial for that that showed that Amber was the one that was being abusive towards Depp. Doesn't mean he didn't fight back. Doesn't necessarily mean he didn't abuse her. It's just that based on the evidence that we've seen of that trial, men can be the victims. And 
anyway, a, a recent video came out. Oh, uh, that that I watched that. Yeah, so Christian's a big dude, and you know this blonde girl, uh, cute, whatever. She's a bit petite, but she's literally slapping and hitting this guy, pulling his hair, right, everything. She's just being nasty, and we don't really know why it's happening. We just see that it's happening. He's really trying his best, like just to keep her. Yeah, he didn't at even bed. retaliate, and she was just like flicking her little hands and pushing him and smacking him in the face. Honestly. You and I don't argue a lot, but when we argue, we're mad. Like, that's what makes us argue. Because usually when we disagree... But it never gets we, like no, that. No, we never get like that. I think <laughs> there have been, like, a couple of times you were mad and you're, like, banging on your desk, like, just because you're frustrated. Or one right. time you punched your computer, your old computer. Or was right. it that computer? No, it was an old one. You, I but, get it. But you're not, like taking it out on me and I'm not taking it out on you usually what ends up happening is a uh you'll just go for a drive like just so you can because he loves to talk to himself when he's pissed off and it's how I work out my problems <laughs> he has like <laughs> I am my own best therapist he has like a little conversation with yep. himself yeah I didn't say it oh yes you did oh no you didn't <laughs> and then he's like pretending he's talking to me but he's talking like Stuff he would never say to me because he doesn't. Well, no, no. Some of it actually is just stuff that I, if I end up having a discussion with you, I can work it out in my head and say, "Okay, I understand where you're coming from. This, but this is what I'm coming from." Doesn't always mean that we agree. The thing that gets me though is that, you know, one thing that people talked about with the Depp heard thing was, well, you know, Johnny Depp said a lot of mean, ugly things to his lawyer and, and emails and stuff about, like, let's burn Amber's corpse or this and that. And I'm like, that doesn't really determine if someone's abusive to another person. That just means that person's venting. Mm -hmm. uh, when I dated a such-and-such -such girl at 18 who fucked everything under the sun except for me, I said a lot of mean things, and I said a lot of mean things during parties to other people. Uh, which clearly, I know she showed up one time was kind of hurt by the stuff that she saw going on, but nobody, including myself, ever laid a hand on her in a, a negative way. Uh, so I don't see myself as an abusive person. So if Courtney and Christian are, are arguing and getting in these arguments, uh, the minute that she's attacking him, especially in the elevator, she's in the wrong. There is no, like, watering that down we talked about the ray rice thing dude mm -hmm. he cocked and knocked his fiance out and then dragged her out of the elevator dragged you, you can't literally dragged. you can't normalize that shit at all and any no matter if it's a man on a woman or a woman on a man or same-sex uh partners whatever you can't normalize that and say that's okay i've heard people in the past that try to say that oh your girl's like smacking and hitting you. You can knock her ass. I said, the only time I'd even say I could remotely give that a, a, a good okay is if she's coming at you with a knife or a gun. That's the only way I would say you're trying to protect yourself from being dead. What happened here with Christian? I don't know. I don't know if she just happened to catch him by surprise or whatever, but apparently there's also some calls that were made after it happened where she talked to her mom twice. She called her mom twice talking about something. And texting. And then she ended up calling 911. Uh, 
whether you know that's very sketchy for the police right now because it's like she didn't bother to call 911 first it's like she waited and it was a good like 10 or 15 minutes and it was um and he may have been still alive we don't know yeah we don't know what condition he was in and you know there was a um text that where is it her mom texted her basically saying say it was self-defense like oh, okay was, so that's very incriminating mm -hmm. yeah very incriminating and, and the biggest problem here when i'm not someone who likes to pull the race card but in this case like the she's, a, she's beautiful she's white blonde very very cute she's an instagram model yeah she's like an only fans or something and, she, and she has an only fans but she's got like i think two million followers on instagram and so it's the truth you're gonna look at her and be like oh look at you you bikini model you know white girl you're you're definitely going to give her the benefit of the doubt, whether if, if you flipped it and she was the one dead because he was de defending himself because she was going after oh, him yeah. with the knife, oh, he'd yeah. be in jail that day. Right. And it, that's not fair. It's, it's, yeah, it's not. And that's, this is part of the problem with our society right now when it comes to race, because we allow shit like this to happen when it shouldn't. She should have been arrested. You investi investigate everything, get your everything li lined up and, and dot your T's, or dot your I's and, and cross your T's and make sure everything's in order before you let her loose. She was, she was actually at a rehab clinic in Hawaii where she was seeking help for substance abuse and PTSD. And that's where she was arrested. And then she's being um, brought back to, where were they? Um, Miami? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's crazy, and I'm looking at these pictures, and they, again, this is social media. You look at how they're both smiling and mm -hmm. happy, and life is so good, blah, blah, blah. But the brother of, um, what was his name? Uh, Christian. Christian. He, um, he has been, like, on top of this since day one. He said... This is like right after uh, his brother was killed. He said, it's been a week since my brother was brutal and senselessly, senselessly killed. Courtney Taylor's callous actions have not been met with an outcome of remorse. We see videos of Courtney kissing her dogs while covered in what we believe to be my brother's blood and casually getting drinks at a hotel bar days later while my brother lays in the morgue. Yeah. Courtney is being treated differently because of her privilege as a wealthy white woman. And within 24 hours following Toby's death, the detective on the case prematurely concluded this was not a crime of violence. But the information provided is deficient, and the lack of transparency strong, strongly suggests foul play is involved. Courtney acknowledges that Toby did not have a weapon. She has no injuries to support her story of imminent danger. Additionally, Courtney has yet to explain exactly what happened leading up to Toby's murder. We have every reason to believe that his death was the result of unwarranted and unprovoked violence. We want to see that justice is served. And that's from his brother saying like... And I didn't know about the text from the mother about, you know, call it self-defense. Like, that's very, very damaging mm -hmm. to her case. Yeah, the mother literally... Um, said make sure you say it's self-defense and um courtney's attorney was pushing back saying the statement about courtney casually getting drinks is absolutely false but then 
they posted pictures of her and her dad getting drinks casually. Um, yeah. It's the end. She they there is proof that she was at a place with her father where they were having drinks and then they left because a woman was berating them. Um, Toby's family has started a GoFundMe so that they could raise enough funds to uh, to do the legal battle. Um, so it's it's really interesting because the couple's friends are also giving conflicting reports on who was abusive during their relationship. This sounds like the Petito thing. Uh, well, that that we didn't cover that. Like apparently. The one moment where Gabby was when they were out hiking a day, a few hours before her death, actually, they said, but uh, police were called because he had hit her and she stated he'd hit her, but then they didn't. Usually, like, it's funny because Utah's laws are if you're in a domestic violence situation, is the man you're arrested and taken away. This happened to Jerry Judy and he didn't even strike the woman he was mm-hmm. with. Uh, but because it was a domestic violence call, they should have taken uh, Brian mm-hmm. Laudry away, and they didn't. And so now the family of Gabby are like, dude, you are so responsible for what happened because you had a chance to lock this dude up. My daughter would be alive. Yeah, they um, if they're not following their own, because there are some states, like I believe Maryland's one of them, where you have the right to either press charges or not well, press charges. And I, I wondered about that because I wondered if Gabby at some point was just telling the cops like it'll be a fine or whatever. Like I don't know. But sometimes law enforcement has to use clearer heads and say, look, she's in love with this guy. It just it may not end well. We have to do something here now. And, and it just it didn't, didn't happen. End well. Like just like this. And, and in general. So like not only did he kill her but he took his own life because guilt or whatever uh, played a factor, but the reality is two people were gone, and it didn't have to be that way. And even um, Courtney's friends, some of them are saying, like, we've seen her hit him, I've never seen him hit her. It's gonna be a really tough... It's gonna be the same way as the, the hurt thing, but like with the text and now the video evidence in the elevator, unless her lawyers can bring stuff up to show that he was assaulting her in yeah some maybe way. like an old police report or Anything. maybe something where you know because the testimony they're all they're all going to bring in their own witnesses like mm-hmm. amber did with johnny and them but that's always going to be a he said she said thing you have to have actual things that the jury's going to look at and say oh and they see that video they're going to be oh my god this chick is crazy and then of course the text again like whatever the details of all of the conversation is there with that uh so, you know, even if by chance Christian is guilty of being the abuser, there's nothing there right now that you and I can see on the surface that says, oh, well, that's the case. Everything seems like it's more like her being the mm-hmm. problem and her trying to get away with it. And then, of course, again, another episode here where the police are not doing their job correctly. Like, she just stabbed someone. I don't care if it's in self-defense. If someone breaks into our house and I shoot them, I'm going to go to jail because they got to make sure they know everything that went on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could leave me here as if I say, yeah, it was self-defense or I'm protecting my home. But the reality is I should legally expect to be arrested for at least a, a few hours because they have to get everything in order. 
to know that I actually did it in self-defense. They have to talk to you. They have to see what happened with the ring doorbell, whatever. They're going to, like, look for evidence. Right. And especially if it happens to be a person of color doing it, you know, breaking in. Like, that becomes a bigger problem. And to your point, Courtney is... She's the pretty white girl. She's the pretty white girl. When the investigators came, they said, yeah, it's clearly, you know, she was self-defense. They didn't... Yeah, and that's just tacky, dude. It's terrible fucking... It's racism. Mm -hmm. It just is. That's a clear case of racism right there. It's right in your face, and you can't really get around it. It's really crazy, too. Like, I'm, I'm just looking at all these things. Um, there's friends who are, uh, you know, on her side. There are friends that are on his side, and it's, it's just... Yeah, that's going to be an ongoing war on the trial itself, but... If they can't find stuff to support her case that he was abusing her, then she's fucked. You know, like, if Courtney has something where either, you know, because she's a model and she's trying to keep her, like, persona, maybe she didn't want things to become public, but maybe, like... But those things hurt you. Yeah, but maybe if she... The only thing that's going to save her is if she has, like, evidence of pictures that she took herself of bruises or being hurt... Those will be a very, little bit hard, though, because Amber did the same thing. And the problem, and I, I I support women who are victims of domestic violence all the time. I have a zero tolerance for it. But I have to continually remind people via just discussions like this that I know women can be scared. I know it can be a pride factor, but you have to. When, when something happens, you have to get the law enforcement involved. You have to get them to take pictures. They will have it on record. Uh, the, Amber fucked herself when she supposedly had uh, bruises from uh, Johnny Depp and their little battles, and she refused to work with law enforcement. She refused to let paramedics look at her and, and then took her own pictures days later. You can't do that because it makes it non-believable. The only other thing, if if uh, Courtney has maybe um, if she has documented like, something, right? If she has maybe, discussions with her parents or counselors or whatever, or friends, and you know somehow they can convince the jury that she's believable, great. I mean, she's also kind of got a little mark against her too. She was going; she they, she got arrested at rehab for substance abuse and PTSD. Now, granted, she could also spin that in her direction and be like, I have PTSD from being abused. Right. I just can't believe it took four months to arrest her. Like, it's blowing my mind. Yeah, that just doesn't happen to a guy. It just doesn't. No! And, you know, all the talk about women being victims, like, when men are victims, this is the kind of shit that we complain about. I and mean, women who are diehards against Johnny Depp, you know, they're like, no, nah, you know, Amber was just responding to Johnny's abuse, and I'm like, that, no, nah, nothing really shows us that at all. In fact, she wasn't believable on the stand or anything else, and the audio and everything else just works against her. With this, and the funny thing is, like, in this case, it's like, again, four months later, you're just now deciding to charge this woman? Like, I can understand if you detained her for a couple of days and then let her go, but you didn't even do that. It's like, you just said, oh, okay, yep, it's self-defense. And I'm like, what the fuck are we talking about here? This is so crazy. I'm just... So, she, after the um, stabbing, 
she has been silent on Instagram and she took down her OnlyFans account. I don't know if that... That's probably the smartest move she could have Yeah, I don't know if, like, she was advised to, like, just stay silent or not be active. If she tried to do anything and, like, go on... Like you said yourself, the pictures they were showing about her kissing her dogs and stuff, like, if she did anything, like, did any kind of OnlyFans or, you know, bikini, whatever she does on there, I don't know, but... If she had tried to do all that, they would say, oh, she's not feeling any remorse about this. So I'm sure her lawyers said, don't do a fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Stay under the radar. Don't talk. Let us do our talking for you. This is so crazy. Oh, what's this? OnlyFans seen in a screen grab from a video she posted. To, oh, so she, oh, this is from 2020. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, the, the other side of this is even if, she manages to win the trial or whatever uh it's not gonna feel good to a lot of people because of just how this whole thing was handled and because the only way she's gonna win is because lack of evidence yeah is it is it enough like they they don't have enough really um to my knowledge they don't have anything against him that they yeah they don't use. have no but i mean like just for her when you're trying to uh, get somebody on murder, it's really hard to, just in general, to prove it's premeditated. And that's what murder is. It has to be premeditated. And something like this is really hard to be like, it's premeditated. They might be able to get her on some, like, second-degree manslaughter because that's usually, you know, like, when somebody... If they're smart, they go after murder. And then, if they have to, they can knock it down to manslaughter. What happened with separate case altogether with the uh, Zimmerman and uh, Martin case, where the resident security guy, you know, neighborhood watch guy, shot and killed the young teenager. They went after, I think, manslaughter first or something. Or maybe, they, maybe, maybe it's the other way around. I thought they would work their way down, but they tried to. Yeah, that would great. I think they tried to get premeditated murder on Zimmerman, which was never going to work because Zimmerman was attacked by Martin, even though he was kind of stalking Martin. And that's not showing, like... And so, like, instead of the prosecutors, I think what happened was the defense said, look, we'll come down to manslaughter. They probably offered that at some point, and then, but the prosecutor's like, no, we know he murdered him of all the pressure outside and mm-hmm. everything so and then that's what makes it hard for a jury to convict and everybody's like oh he gets off well, right no, you're going after murder right yeah you have to look at the circumstances of everything here so even if this case of courtney like maybe she's right maybe christian came at her and attacked her uh so like even in this position like she's because she's been on drugs and everything else i'm not even sure they said she was on alcohol or mm-hmm. you know drunk at the time so you can't really say that's premeditated murder, but in a thing of an argument or whatever they're doing in there, because we've seen it gets pretty violent, she probably picked up the knife, stabbed him, probably didn't want to, uh, you know, deep down, but it happened. So if I'm going in there, I'm saying, well, we're going to go with manslaughter and try to get something to stick to, you know, four or five years and hope that that works. Uh, and maybe that's what the defense will say. Okay, let's work something out. But if you go in there with premeditated murder, I don't know if that's going to stick. I know. I know. It's, it's. They have to be careful about how they do this because if she gets off because they go too high in their charge, 
then people are going to be really pissed. Or like, this died, guy died mm-hmm. for nothing, and now this chick's not paying the price. But you have to be smart how you approach these things. And that's and that's why, like, for people who might be listening um, outside of the U.S. or not understanding, like, every state has their own set of circumstances. When and it comes Florida to has a laws. self-defense law. Yeah, and, and Florida also is, is really a... Uh, they, they, I think they still have the um, death penalty. Yep. I think they do. Florida and Texas, I think, do. Um, which yeah, would, they would give it to her, though. No, they wouldn't give it to her. But you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. it's... Florida is a little bit um, more... Not strict, but they will... They'll charge somebody with murder before, like, Baltimore will. Right. You know, Maryland's not quite as... It's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. All right, let's get into our last two blocks of music. We got some Diseased Earth coming from Metal Devastation Radio, Over Hate by Against PR. But kicking off this first block, we got some brand new stuff from Grizzian as well as Belphegor. This is called The Devils. The wrath of Satan has no
Jackie here from Battle X, and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio.
right, some Warhead with Speedway. Classic material from them. DJ Nubis. And DJ Neko. Getting ready to close out this edition of the Hordes of Chaos. Thank you all for tuning in. Please know we are sponsoring this year's Tennessee Metal Devastation Metal Fest in Tennessee. So uh, just letting you all know that if you're out that way or going to travel. Go check it out. It's going to be a good day. I'm going to try to be out there. I don't know if Neck will make that trip. But, not uh, sure yet. Probably not. So, sorry. Yeah, but uh, I'll try to be there and representing everybody. Riding down with Crypt and uh, Scully from Metal Mania. We'll get to meet Zachary Moonshine of Metal Devastation Radio and his uh, partner as well. So, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, check out Gravehopper as well. Uh, thank you all again for tuning in and the support. We appreciate it very much. And I uh, do know that if you go to our website at the bottom, there's a link for our merchandise page. Uh, so if you want to buy anything like shirts or bottle openers, cups, stickers, whatever, uh, everything helps. We appreciate it. And I am still selling, uh, if you're in the U.S., I'm still selling my... Uh, Isopod and Springtail mixtures for bioactive enclosure. So if you have any like lizards, frogs, spiders, whatever, uh, they're great for that. So. And he has orange ones now. Yep, I have orange isopods, a lot of them. Uh, I crushed one by accident. <laughs> 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 well, they all gathered on a piece of wood and I picked it up and I didn't realize it was sitting there. Like, oh, oh, no. Springtails will eat it, though. Yeah, that's true. All right. One last track for you before we head out of here, and it's by Mantic Ritual. Brand new stuff for them. This is called Crusader, and we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye.